Well, good morning. Now, if you would turn your Bibles, the book of Acts, chapter 15, is where we're going to be uh, probably, unless something changes, if the service this afternoon as well, out of the same chapter. But uh, thank you for the opportunity to be here, and uh, we've been looking forward to it. And uh, let me also say, uh, Landmark Baptist, thank you for allowing my wife and I and our family uh, to be an extension of your mission team. Uh, now for, uh, I believe, 17 years. And uh, we certainly could not do what we do uh, without partnering with folks uh, just like you. And uh, we don't want to take that lightly. We do not take it for granted. And uh, thank you for giving us that honor and that privilege. And uh, I, I want to dive right in this morning. I, I, there's a whole lot of things I would love to share with you. Um, I will share this afternoon uh, let me just say this, folks, God is doing some things on a global scale uh, like we have never seen done in our lifetime. Amen. And uh, that, that's not just words. Um, I, 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 can, I could stand here for probably an hour and tell you account after account after account after account of reports that I'm hearing from around the globe, but also what God's done with our ministry uh, in the last two years, it's just miracle after miracle after miracle, and uh, and again, I'm telling you, God is doing something uh, like we have never seen done in our lifetimes. I believe with all my heart, it is a final gleaning, and uh, uh, but uh, I'll share some of those things this afternoon. But uh, what I want to dive just straight look at contextual uh, scripture this morning. Uh, my Bible tells me that if everything was was written that Jesus did. Um, and what we're thinking of is basically in about three and a half year time period that if everything was written down that he did, that the earth itself couldn't even contain the books. There's so many things that he, that he was doing, lives he was touching, people he was impacting. Um, now, that being said, there, there's a thought that I, that, that I can't get out of my mind, I can't get away from. If that is in fact true, then how significant are the things that the Holy Spirit of God take, took the time to inspire and put on the glove of humanity and inspire men to pin down that we do have in our Bibles. If the earth couldn't contain all the things, out of all of the whole world of information and activity, we have what God thought was most important for us to know. Um, now, what, that being said, I wanna, uh, there's a lot of things I could share with you, a lot of things I could share with, the, with my f- thought and my opinion. The truth is that's not going to change anything, and it really isn't worth anything. We're going to look at directly out of the Word of God an example that we have. We're, we're here in a mission conference. I will say I, I love mission conferences. Uh, God uh, called me to preach in a mission conference. Uh, I surrender my life to do whatever God wanted me to do in a mission conference. Um, and uh, I, I love mission conferences. Someone once said it's a business meeting of God's people to decide the eternal fate of a world. And folks, I, I think there's more truth to that than what we even realize. Uh, what's at stake here is, goes way beyond this building. What's at stake goes way beyond just uh, the people that we see on a daily basis. What's at stake is eternity. And I think if we could get a glimpse of the reality of that, I think it would change the rest of the time that we spend on this earth. Um, but let's look, if we could, there's a, 
the way that there's a, almost every denomination has some kind of an outreach. Uh, they can call it missions. They can call it whatever they want to call it. And they have a method or a way in which they do things. Um, if, you're from, if you're not familiar, if you haven't grown up uh, in Baptist church, uh, some of what you hear this week may be new to you. Um, I will say this, almost everything in the way that we do things uh, is directly out of a pattern that we see inspired and pinned down, almost all of it out of from this church, uh, the church of Antioch, Assyria, that we find in Scripture. Um, and we, we could go through, and this isn't the time to do it, we could go through and look at how we do things, how we fund things, how we send missionaries, how it all works, how they go out and plant churches and, and establish churches and then come back and report to the sending church. All of that is in the book of Acts. Every bit of it we, we get out of following the pattern that God has for us. Now, that being said, uh, the, the church of Antioch, Syria, was a, a, a Gentile church. Um, now... There's a whole lot to that as well. Um, but it was a Gentile church. Now, this was the church that the Bible tells us in Acts chapter number 11, that the, the, the society watched the way that the believers and the members of this church conducted themselves in public. And the society said, you people remind us of Christ. And the Bible says in Acts 11, they said they were called Christians first in Antioch. That was this church. Uh, chapter When, when uh, Saul gets saved uh, and the Apostle Paul gets saved, uh, he was brought back to the church of Syria uh, for, his, uh, for some training and to be sent. Chapter 13 is where uh, God says, separate me Barnabas and Saul. And the first, what we think of as the first missionary teams were sent out of this church. So this church was literally being used of God to literally touch a globe. As a matter of fact, literally, you get down to it. According to Scripture, when we involve ourselves with missions, the Bible says that uh, the fruit that is produced on the field, when I'm involved with sending a missionary, fruit that is produced gets added back to my account. That's what Scripture says. Literally, the fruit of this church literally caused our whole Bible, the half, almost the entire New Testament, to be pinned out of men sent out of this church. That's, that's pretty amazing. Now, with a church that was going to have that kind of a global impact, do you think Satan was happy about that? Not at all. And what I want us to look at this morning is what God thought important for us to understand and to know. And concerning missions, this was a church that wanted to do it right. They wanted to be biblical. They wanted to do it God's way. They wanted to be used of God the way God wanted him to use them wherever, uh, wherever God wanted to send them. That was this church. That was these members. But we find in chapter number 15, look at what it says. It says, And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except you be circumcised about the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. Verse 5, it says, But there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees which believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. So what, what, am I, what I'm saying is this. What God thought it important for us to know in terms of thinking about, thinking about missions and world involvement and being used uh, by God to reach a world, which is what this church was trying their best to do. 
That's what they were doing. That's what they did. And Satan began, uh, this is just early, uh, this is less than 30 years after Jesus uh, is crucified on the cross. And here's a church, a body of believers trying to be obedient, being used of God the best that they knew how. And Satan comes in. And guess what he was trying to do? He's trying to stifle it right then at the beginning. Because if he could, if he could cut that tree off at the root, then there would be no fruit produced. And that's what he's after. And it's not a coincidence that God, the, the details that God thought it important for us to know is this. When they were trying to be involved, one of the first attacks that came in was there, were, there was false doctrine that was being spread amongst the people. There's people coming in that had a good talk, that should have known better, and they were spreading the wrong information and the wrong doctrine, and it caused confusion in the body. Um, and can I tell you this? We live in a day and age right now where things are more easily attained than any time in history. I don't know that there's any more evil present, but it's definitely more accessible. And Jesus did say things are going to be getting worse and worse. It's definitely more accessible. And folks, can I tell you this? Uh, As a tool, a computer and even social media sometimes can be a blessing. As a toy, it's a curse. And there is so much false doctrine being spread. Standing in true, standing true. Can I tell you right now, there is so many things out there that are being told to people. Uh, even from a, from a political spectrum, from a social spectrum. You don't know what to believe. You, you don't know where to go to for information. Uh, you don't know what, who to listen to. And can I tell you, there are churches that are that we're still trying to function, still trying to go forward, trying to be obedient, trying to reach a world for Christ, trying to trying to do what God wants us to do and be the light and the salt. And the members are sitting there, and we get just slammed with an onslaught of information. And one of the things that Satan is doing right now that is so effective is planting seeds of doubt and false doctrine. The next thing that you find in here was there was not only just false doctrine, there was uh, the, the, the thing that would stifle missions was there was pressure placed upon the messenger that God didn't place. These guys were saying, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll concede that God could save a Gentile. Brother Flick, we'll concede that God could offer salvation to you. But you can't have everything that we have. We're Jews. We're God's people. Uh, matter of fact, not, there's some things on you physically and you personally. There's some things that we need to put requirements on you or God will never use you. Not only personally, but even practically in his ministry. So you got to keep the law. Now, I, I, I like this to be because <laughs> look at what, what happens. I, let, let me just say this, and I don't want to spend too much time on the negative. But folks, one of the biggest killers, we have so, uh, so many people right now, we, we cut each other's throats over the stupidest things. And there's so much contention and so much fighting and so much backbiting and so much strife that we can't partner with each other to accomplish anything. And that's what was happening in the church at the very beginning. And look at what they, look at what they say. Um, uh, Look at verse number 8. 
It says in verse number 7, And when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, ye know how that a good while ago God made choice among us, that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us. <laughs> I thank God the, the, the ground is level at the cross. The salvation is available to a world. I thank God for that. Um, and then he says this, and put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. We'll, we'll talk a lot more about that coming up. Um, but what was going on here was at the very beginning, Satan was trying to cut, that, cut this tree off at the roots. And he was doing it by spreading false information and it was causing confusion in the church so much that there was disputing. That's what it says. Look at verse 7. It says, when there had been much disputing, there, there was, they didn't know what was going on. Now, in principles concerning missions, here's some things that we need to glean out of this chapter. Uh, the first thing is, in, in knowing where truth is, how are you going to stand standing true? How are you going to do that if you don't know what truth is? It's pretty simple, isn't it? Look at what the Bible tells us. Look at what they did in times of question, in times of uncertainty, in times where you're not sure what way to go or where to go or who to listen to. Look at what they did. It says in verse number, uh, verse number two, when therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and elders about this question. Where they went was to the church house. They went, they went to the church at Jerusalem. They went to the, the, the disciples that were there in the church. What, what I'm saying is this. The place to get doctrinal clarity, to know truth, again, is not the Internet. It is not Facebook. It is, it is not a tw Twitter page. The place to find truth is at the church house. The church has to be the place. This isn't the place to get together and learn the latest dance moves. This isn't the place to, 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 uh, to, 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 to groom the special effects and music and all the, uh, the stuff that we see going on in supposed worship services today. The church house is supposed to be the place where the truth of the word of God is preached and, and just radiates from. The church has to be the place for doctrinal clarity. That's what they found. But look at the next thing with missions. When there was question, look at what they did. The church that was at Antioch sent their messengers to find out. It says, and being brought on their way, verse 3, and being brought on their way by the church, they passed through Phoenicia and Samaria, declaring the conversion of the Gentiles, and they caused great joy unto all the brethren. Um, they, the church sent messengers of their own out, is what they did. You can see it again over uh, in uh, uh, verse number 27. It says, We sent therefore Judas and Silas, who shall also tell you the same things by mouth. When there was a spiritual need over in another place, the, the church sent some of their own to meet the need. They sent their own messengers. Now, here, here's a, a simple principle, uh, and I, I know that this is really basic, and this is, this is so elementary. But, folks, could I say this? I think one of the most damnable doctrines to world evangelism has been give or go. We either give or go. Because, folks, we're all human. Our natural tendency is to take the path of least resistance. 
And when given an option, I either inconvenience myself and go somewhere else, or I can stay at home and live how I want to live and keep doing the same old thing and just give a little bit and let somebody else do it. Guess what that's produced in our churches largely? People still sitting here. The principle in Scripture, again, of all the things that could have been recorded, at the very beginning of this church that changed the world, Satan was coming in trying to get them deceived, trying to muddy up the water with the message. We'll talk about that specifically in the next service, about how simple the message is. And he's muddying up the water with it. But the principle is this. What they were doing is they sent messengers of their own people to get the solution and come back. Now, I, I, let me say, I, I'll say this. Folks, when's the last time you saw somebody in mission conference walk the aisle out of your church and surrender and actually be trained and go? We used to see it all the time when I was growing up. We the service that I surrendered my life, we had five families walk the aisle and surrendered, went to the field. Five. Folks, I'm in a lot of mission conferences. I could probably count on two fingers how many times in 17 years we've seen somebody actually surrender and go. What am I saying? Because we have swallowed either give or go. So we're content to let somebody else go. Let me say, folks, who are you more compelled to pray for? Somebody that you know and have a personal connection with or someone you've never met? Who are you more compelled to be involved with and keep up with their needs and bear their burdens? Somebody that you've rubbed shoulders with, that you've interacted with, that you, that you spend time with, that you know, or somebody that you're introduced to one time? We're watching missions as a whole in our country. Do this in numbers. We don't have time to go into the statistics. Largely because we're seeing fewer and fewer of our people get up and go. The principle is, look at what they did. They sent of their own. They, they funded. It says they were sent on their way. They funded their own. Again, they, they funded the journey. You're more compelled to help somebody that you, know, that you have a connection with. You, you know their needs. Uh, you know what's going on in their life. Um, look at, for the sake of time, look at the one, one last thing. Who should be involved? Look at verse number 22. It says, Then pleased it the apostles and elders. What's the next phrase? With the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas the surname Barsabbas and Silas, chief men among the brethren. What part of the church was involved with this discussion and this decision of getting truth to where it needed to go? The whole church is involved. Who should be involved with missions? Who should be involved with world evangelism? Who should be involved with letting God use you to touch a globe? The whole church. Everybody. Now, there's all kinds of places we could go to to prove that same point. But again, the, the thought uh, of all the things that could have been inspired and pinned down, God says, here's a church. These people, are they're, they're, they're reaching their Jerusalem. Matter of fact, they're called Christians first there because of how these people are letting Jesus shine through them. 
Uh, these, they're so faithful that when I have the, my messenger, the Saul that gets saved, that's going to touch a globe and literally author most of the New Testament, I'm going to send him to work out of that church and to get some training out of that church. And that's where we're going to send the missionary teams out of, is out of that church. This is the church that I'm going to use to touch a globe. And Satan comes in right at the beginning, trying to keep them from being effective. What I'm saying is this, folks, could I encourage you this week? Just shut the Facebook off this week. Would you limit how much of Fox News we listen to this week? Would you limit our contact of what we choose to uh, talk to and what we choose to read? Folks, this world desperately needs to be introduced to the real God in heaven. That's the, he's the only person that has the solution and is the solution for what this world desperately needs. But folks, if we're so weighed down with confusion, and we don't know what's truth and what isn't, then how are we going to stand? How are we going to be the light and the salt that God wants us to be? I encourage you, spend the, this is, this is an opportunity to on purpose think about someone other than you in missions. Can I encourage you, spend more time in prayer this week than what you usually do before you come to the house of God. Ask God to speak to your heart. Ask God to challenge you and to speak to you and to stir your heart and to give you a glimpse of what he has for you this week. Folks, God's, God is doing something. We have the opportunity to be used of him to be involved in it. Folks, what a privilege that is. But would you let God speak to you this week? If, this, if, if the temptation to follow things that were not true and to begin to be over-scrutinizing of people who God could use and who he's not going to use... And we'll look at the message here the next service. But if that can happen in less than 30 years after Jesus descended, I wonder how easy it is for us now. I venture to say it's a whole lot more easy for us to fall off into stuff. So I encourage you this morning, would you ask God this week, God, would you, would you help me to refocus? God, would you help me to be what you want me to be? God, would you give me what you have for me? Would you help me to glean what you have for me out of every service? Let's just see what God does. See what he does at the, at the conclusion of this week. But folks, it all starts with what you decide in your heart even this morning. Would you let God use you? Is God pleased with you? Dear me, Father, we thank you for your word. Spirit of God, I ask that you would just uh, speak to hearts this morning. God, we've just taken just a couple of minutes and looked with a, a little bit of a, a spotlight into this, what was going on into this local church. God, they're not really uh, any different than us. It's a local body trying to be obedient and serve you. And Satan was trying to keep them from being effective. God, would you work in our hearts? Would you purpose, help us to purpose uh, this week that we're going to stay true to the things found in, the, in your word. God, that we're not going to listen to all the outside uh, influences and information. God, so that we can be used to introduce this world to the real God in heaven. 
Father, thank you for that privilege. God, would you be pleased with our response this morning? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.